Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. This is Melina Perez, and you are listening to Duke Loves Wrestling. She's back. <laughs> Part two of my conversation with the legend, Melina Perez. And you know something, folks, forget about any kind of theme music or anything like that. No, let's just jump right into it. Melina, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling. Oh, it's great to be back with a clearer microphone now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, we, we were talking about this offline, too, just all the technical stuff. Um, related to to audio editing and and you're doing a lot of video stuff which we're about to talk about but it's it's interesting you don't realize the importance of recording environment what you're recording on microphones all that stuff you don't really realize it until you hear it back or or until you're actually the person producing the the content so to speak right Yes. Oh my goodness. I've come to realize so much stuff when it comes to like the quality of the microphone, the video editing, like editing apps that you use. Um, I also listen back because I, I listen to the same interview multiple times because I have to make sure that the audio matches the visual, the, the video itself. Um, I have to edit it all. So make sure that I'm not cutting the scenes too short or, or too long. I'm watching these repeatedly to make sure they're just right. And I still find so many errors. It drives me nuts. But I also listen to how I speak and how I interact and the things I say. There's sometimes I repeat certain words repeatedly and I never knew I did it. <laughs> oh my goodness, I drive myself nuts. <laughs> Isn't that the listen, how about how about the ums and the odds? Yeah. Right? Oh my goodness! <laughs> I say, "Oh my goodness!" a lot, and like, and that oh, I can't with myself. <laughs> Even the most articulate, you know, coolest, the best promo in the world. When you do just a regular uh, sit-down interview, the ums and the ahs. I'm so crazy. I will go back in the audio editing and I'll edit out at least two thirds of the ums and ahs, just so they sound as consistent as possible. You know, and, and it's yes. like, do we, do we have to do that? Not necessarily, but no. y- you want to present everybody in the best light possible, right? Yes. Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful that you do that. That's something I would love to do. But then I'm so bad at this right now. I'm still in the learning stages that I'm not quick enough. Like, I know once I keep doing this out of practice, I'll learn to be faster and more organized or have a routine on how to be more have it flow more quickly that it'd be so easy for me but until then it's like i feel like there's just not enough time for in a week (laughs) not enough time in a week not enough time in a month (laughs) jeez because your show now your show is pretty cool ultimate recap right it's the name of it yes it's playing off of ultimate women of wrestling so it's like okay recapping the last show and figuring out like what's going on with each and every girl and why are they beefing like why are they upset at each other and since this is a new show it's introducing the fans to what they're going to see when they see the show and it's going to be every two every two months or six weeks right now and then we're hoping that eventually it'll be uh, a monthly thing baby it's okay, baby bear. My poor doggy's coughing. <laughs> oh boy. Uh oh. Does he have the allergies? 
Uh, yes, like this, especially like up right right now after Hurricane Hillary. Oh my goodness, <laughs> it's always something with me. Yeah, you know, I, I love <laughs> I love Ultimate Recap because I feel like this is an opportunity for the ladies that you interview. You always give them some some nuggets. You always give them some information that allows them to learn as they're interacting with you and, and think about their characters probably on a scale that they may not have thought about before. Oh, I hope so. I always hope that I could like little little tiny nuggets or little morsels of, of wisdom or insight or something. But hopefully during the show, I could pull them aside and explain things to them further that people didn't explain to me that I had to figure out on my own. So <laughs> so I hope I could help. It's, um, it's a beautiful thing because I'm listening to them. And it's interesting to think like their perspective and then reflecting on what I went through when I was around their age or their year in wrestling. And it's interesting to see how they have, sometimes I listen to them and I think, oh my goodness, do they, do they realize that I went through the same thing or do they know that the struggle that we each all had to go through? And then I wonder about the people of the past that were, you know, in the eighties that came before me. And if this is how I sounded like when talking to them if and how they perceived it. So I, I want to eventually start interviewing um, older women too, who were in the business before me. So then we could, you know, get all the information and learn from each other. Because this is the thing. I feel like each generation has it a little bit easier in a sense. Like there's always going to be like these difficulties where, yeah, things are easier and there's more opportunity, but then there's their own set of problems that come with the benefits. So everybody's, uh, experience is kind of the same, but thank goodness, not as bad as the years before. So when I think about when it came comes to the seventies and eighties, the hell that these women had to go through, because this was an era that men did not want in wrestling at all. Men did not believe that women should be in wrestling. And that's something that n none of the women ever, or that I have seen like on TV and in, um, documentaries myself yet so I should you know go look for this if it exists out there but these are the things that we all need to listen to like everybody men and women in wrestling to see what people had to go through and endure during this time it wasn't women didn't always have it easy like even the people who are the ladies that you think, oh yeah, well they just they were beautiful and that's why they had like their spot. You know, they had their own set of problems too that came with their opportunities. So there's all these things that I'm glad it's so much better now, but we still have a ways to go. <laughs> we we certainly do, and I'll I'll tell you right now because one of the things that, in terms of feedback that I received from the, your last uh, time you were on the show, is that. People were, were appreciative of hearing from you and, and knowing that you're in a positive place and, and so many great things are going on. The fact that they just could hear from Melina, you know, someone they looked up to and, and idolized and what have you. But they definitely wanted to hear your side of a few things. One of the craziest misconceptions about you, and you and I talked about it offline before, but it's that thing. You know, you see a successful woman. In a male-dominated uh, society, workplace, what have you, and people start assigning their own their own narrative to what's going on, and it's not fact, but it's what they want to believe. 
And one of the narratives that was assigned to you is that, oh, you know, she was fooling around with everybody and that's why she was getting so much TV time. What do you say? <laughs> let's let's get into this because, I, uh, you know, it's it's something that we really got to set the record straight on. Well, like two things come to mind. One, it's just like, wow, like I, I think of the hell I had to go through because that's not, you know, that's not the child that my parents raised. And then two, where I come to the realization that if it was another there's so many other women who's do- who've done that scenario that, you know, that they labeled me as and they're beloved, they're beloved, you know, and it's so odd. It's so odd where I'm like, wow, somebody else says like, does that action, but everyone loves them. And then my, the person that I was like, or am, I never did anything other than you know, say, say, you know, during the moment, like during that time, like John broke up with me. And then it was, it's a hard thing to do where, you know, you have to be around your ex all the time and, and deal with all these things, especially when it comes to like first love type of deal, trying to figure out how to, you know, get past that and then seeing them move on and all these things and who you are and deal with all the heat and all this stuff. I mean, I did, I did have another relationship, but in the grand scheme of things, everybody made fun of me because I didn't have a lot of like partners. I didn't have a lot of relationships. I was very to myself. So I got made fun of because of that. And regardless in my mind, now that I look back, it's like either way, whatever your life takes you, if you have like many partners to try to figure out who you are, or you don't have very many partners because you believe in a certain thing, it really doesn't matter. Think about what is good for you. And when it learned, when it comes to learning about life, you shouldn't be shamed for not having enough partners or you shouldn't be shamed because you had a lot. It's like either way you're, you lose. And I think when it comes to me, either way, I would probably lose because in that time, that was not who I am. And it, it's just this weird, weird thing. Such a weird thing because it's none of it. Nothing was real. You know what I mean? It's like I'm I'm in this career where I'm it's make believe, you know, I'm playing a character and we're acting and we're dressing up and nothing's real. It's all a work. And then all this drama that is getting said and all these rumors and all this stuff, that's not real, too. But people believe it's real and they make it out to be that that's your life and nothing you do and nothing you can say, like people won't see the reality. And it was so insane to me. Like, I don't, I don't know. Part of me, um, I don't know if I told you this last time when we we're just talking, you and I, that, you know, there was a time where I tried to commit suicide and part of me wondered if I succeeded because Wrestling, that environment, everything that was happening, the rumors that got spread and the way people were treating me and nobody would see the person that I am. I wondered if I was like in hell, like that I that I succeeded and this is hell because how is it that reality isn't reality? It was so insane. But it's because we're in a little bubble. You have to realize that we travel with each other all year round and when you go home physically actually go home because all of it whether when you're wake up in the morning in the hotel room and you get ready for a show drive to a gym 
workout, that's for the show. Um, drive to the arena, get ready there. Everything's for the show from the wait moment you wake up in the morning to when you fall asleep at night, what you eat because you can't eat anything that has too many calories, too much fat and all this stuff. Everything you do is for wrestling. So really, there's really not a lot of time to call your family, talk to them about what's going on, all these things. And we're in this bubble of being with each other all day long. Say if you any other job, you at least go home. You could talk to your friends. You could talk to your family. You can unwind in the comfort of your own home. And if there's any negativity or crazy, at least you have to go home. You could go home and unwind. But this, you can't. It's You're stuck with each other all week and all year round. So the problems that developed, it's not because I actually did anything. It's because you stick people in a cage, like say you stick rats in a cage and they start eating each other. I felt like that's what was going on. And everybody's worried about their position. Um, anybody who's new will always get heat no matter what. So all these stories about like, um, I got my bags thrown out of the locker room and people like to assume that, you know, it's because Melina's problematic. It, it happened to everybody, but for some reason, nobody brings up that it happened to every single person during my time, before my time, all this stuff. It was, it's a hazing, and this is what people do. Except in the most, most of the time, like some people learn, um, know how to socialize and they can become buddy buddy with these people that are haze, hazing them. Me, I just didn't understand, like, why would anybody treat anybody like this? Like, I, I look back at how naive I was and how I didn't understand things. And part of me loves it because, yeah, I'm glad I didn't look at the world and, and accept that because nobody should do that to anybody else. And then another part of me thinks, okay, I wish I could have learned better and understood it and got past it in a better way and dealt with it in a better way. But uh, yeah, all of that hazing and everything, I think my personality type, they didn't see somebody react the way I reacted, which is keep going because usually people adapt or they leave, they quit. And I didn't do either. I just kept working and doing what I knew because that's where I didn't know how to deal with anything. So I focused only on my work because that's what I do when I'm stressed or to keep my mind off of things. I focus on work and improve. And that's the only way I knew how to deal with anything. And that pissed people off even more. So the more that I invested in my relationship, the more that I it, like was more successful, it just seemed to piss people off even more. So it's just this weird thing of, and, and the sad part is, is I really, I'd like to believe, of course, I don't know, but in my mind, the way I see people, even in social media, when people rehash the rumors or they say bring up negative things about me. I think it's just more instead of trying to ridicule me or hurt me, which some people do, but they don't know me. I think this is their way of trying to ask, but not asking what is the reality? What is the truth? What really happened? They want to get to know me because before, for a long time, I didn't put myself out there. Nobody knew my favorite things. Nobody saw anything from me because I was always my character because we had to maintain kayfabe and that's what I did because that's what I was told to do 
so I maintained kayfabe the whole for a long, long time. I think up until 2009, maybe, or whenever I got injured. And the only outlet I had was to be a part of live chats. And then I started, you know, interacting more with people and be letting myself be me because now I was able to be baby face. I was able to, to be me finally. I remember there was this one time I got screamed at and it was a European tour and it was a family with kids who wanted my autograph. And I was so flattered. I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> like you, you want my autograph, but I'm the bad guy. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And you know, when you go to different cities where I, you know, have the dark hair like them and I represent them, you know, it means a lot to them. So I got happy and I said, sure, yes. And I started signing autograph and one of the veterans came off the bus and started screaming at me and told me to get the fuck inside the bus. And I was like, oh, like, you know, oh, my God, I'm getting cussed at in front of people like a child for signing an I, I just for, like, you know, froze and stopped what I was doing and just went in the bus because, you know, it's this hard thing of, okay, I want to be kind to people because that's who I am. I want to protect the business and I want to respect my veterans. But at the same time, reality is that you don't treat anybody like that. Like, okay, you're going to scream at me because I was being a nice person. And maybe if, even if I didn't know, say we're trying to protect kayfabe, maintain kayfabe and all this stuff, there's a thousand different ways to handle that scenario. And really, I just, it was, oh, it was so crazy on how to deal with that. Like, I don't even know to this day, like, how should I have responded better? What should I have done? And how do I maintain being me, a good soul in a place where everything's upside down and everybody's angry and everybody's kind of cutthroat <laughs> and you have to be like, you have to be in there. For me, I wasn't cutthroat. I don't believe in that. I believe hard work. You put in the work, you don't have to cut it, like stabbing anybody in the back. You work together to build something. You work together. You know, that's it. That's great perspective there. Because, you know, one of the things that you had said the last time you were on is that when you were younger, you were nonverbal for a while, right? Oh, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> like when I was young, I like say five years old and even well into like my teens, I would always hide behind everybody and everybody else guided me. And even in OVW, when I met John, it was a great thing because he helped me and he guided me. And I think I learned that behavior of it's like it's an odd thing to be independent and be strong. But then at the same time, you know, not being social, not being able to, you know, verbally socialize. I'm just a listener. I've always been a listener. And to have to be out there, because I had my family, my father, my brother, uh, friends, everybody guided me and helped me. And I didn't learn, I didn't understand or know that, you know, this is something I was doing. I just was being me. And I thought that was me. But in reality, I didn't. I wasn't aware that I wasn't learning the skills that I should be learning to be able to go out into the world and communicate with others. I, at five years old, I would always hide. Like I, that's the first time I recognized that that about myself is that I would always hide, like 
actually hide. Like I grab my mom's dress or I'd hide behind her all the time or I'd hide in clothes at the, you know, everybody has done that where they'd hide in clothes racks at stores. But I was, I wasn't hiding from my parents. I was just kind of like, you know, hiding from people. Like, I don't know why I did it. I have no awareness of what was going on in baby Melina's head during that time. But I remember that. I remember that that was something I always did. And, you know, thank goodness I had very social and lively and wonderful people around me to guide me through life. But at the same time, it's like, these are skills that are normal in the world that for some reason I wasn't developing. And it's so weird to know that as an adult going into wrestling, because wrestling's so social, it's a very, it's a very extroverted thing <laughs> that, I mean, I am very lucky that the person that I was got to experience that and learn. I mean, maybe it wasn't the right, you know, the best of ways of learning, but it is what it is. And it made me a stronger person. Oh, and that's the thing. I, I think that the lack of humanity to a certain degree of, of understanding, hey, everybody in this locker room is coming in with their own life experiences. And, and some of those experiences have been very challenging. So because of that, that may have to do with the way that they conduct themselves. Because, you know, some people um, have stated in interviews that they felt you were standoffish or that you weren't necessarily open back then. In fact, I, I saw an interview with, I think it was Crystal Marshall, who said that she understands you a lot better today than she had uh, back then because she thought, well, maybe she's being standoffish because she's the queen bee and she's protecting her spot. But then over time, she realized, no, there was a lot more to it than that. And you weren't trying to be malicious or mean to anybody. You were actually a pretty shy person. And I found it's that realization very interesting because time and experience is what caused that realization. Yeah, I believe that everybody goes through that when they have children and all these things. It's this it's this beautiful thing that when we get older and we go through more stuff, and especially time away from that environment and self-reflecting, you start realizing and thinking about things. And sometimes it takes, you know, maybe it's a month. Sometimes it takes years. Other times it takes a decade or so. <laughs> but that's that's the beauty of life. We get to self-reflect and think about things and and see people for who they are. And especially me, because I wasn't social. I did not know how. And it's so sad to say, but that was the that was reality. I didn't I thought I knew myself because I knew what I believed in. I knew my love in my family. I knew what I wanted in my goals and dreams. Um, but to truly, I knew I was a hard worker. I knew certain things about myself, but when it comes to like personality, I just didn't understand like, what is my personality? I could see characters. I know, you know, acting, I know these things, but I never took the time to know who am I? Like what, are my things? What are my quirks? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I just didn't look at myself because I was always a person who in my family circle was there to help everybody else. And then I come into an environment where everybody, they thought I was standoffish, but it, they were kind of, well, they were non-welcoming. It's kind of like, I didn't, I didn't know how to prove myself because kindness does not you know, serve a purpose there. The kinder you are, the more angrier people get because you, you hear this a lot. 
and people I got told this a lot and it's it's weird to think how or have this realization of what did they go through an experience where they said these things where they told me kindness is fake so me being kind in their minds is she's really fake when I'm just genuinely being a nice person because that's the person my parents raised. Like, I don't know how to be anything else. And it's this weird world where who knows what they've experienced where they said that. But then at the same time, if it happened to me, if it was the, uh, the she was on the other foot, my perspective is, is to welcome a person in. I don't shut people out and I don't try to find the worst things in and what they're doing, if anything, especially a lot of therapists, a lot of therapy, I've been to a lot of therapy where it's more for the understanding. And, and it's tough because I get told that my biggest problem is I, I put like, say if somebody's mean to me or crappy to me, I put it on me. Like, what can I change? And what is it about me? And that I need to do something and I need to help. And they're like, Melina, you need it's a good thing that you want to help. It's a good thing that you want to understand, but you have to learn the limits of at a certain point, it's beyond your control and you shouldn't stress out and put yourself in this mind space that's crippling you that leaves you hurting so much because you want to understand, because you want to be a part of things and you don't know how, because you're so caring, but people don't see if they don't see, they don't see, and you have to let that go and do something that makes you happy instead of making yourself miserable. And I started realizing, holy cow, it that's true that I do do that. I don't, I'm not nice to myself because I want to help others. And I don't know how to help others because I help others in wanting to do something. But what helps other people is talking to them. And I didn't know that at that time because, you know, I didn't learn those skills. I didn't see that. So it's a weird world where I think um, I get happy that people now, they see who I am because now I'm more intera interactive. I'm more social. I have more of a personality because I found myself and I know how to to be me now. But it's it always breaks my heart because I always wonder, what if we could have had friendships? What if I could have been friends with all these people and all these things? But it, everything happens for a reason. And what breaks my heart is those who don't see it, they want to put themselves in this negative cage of hating people because they're still, I think they're in, still traumatized. They're still left in this environment where they think this is the way life is and this is the way to succeed is by creating negativity. And it scares me because what do we do on social media now? We create drama. Hate is what gets people noticed. And it's this weird thing where did we teach the patterns when it comes to wrestling or personas or like, well, how do we get to this point where kindness is bad and bad is good, but then I don't know, like say when it comes to me, like if I say something that's not what people like, everybody jumps on my case, but if somebody else said it, they would love it. They'd be fine with it. It's something about me that people pull it apart. And I just always say, well, that's my luck. <laughs> that's what happens. But I'm very thankful that, that Crystal said what she said. And it takes 
a strong individual to be able to admit that stuff. That's why I I believe in admitting mistakes. I'll tell people like, hey, I sh- should have said it in a different way. I was wrong in saying it like that. Or, yeah, that's, let me clarify, because it's hard to admit when you say something you know, that, or done something that wasn't the best of things. So to be able to be a better person and admit those faults and admit those mistakes, it takes a strong person and to all the people who have apologized to me and have been kind to me and have, you know, told me that they're sorry, thank you, and I love you, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you because that was a tough environment. And we did, you know, you, you do what you do to survive. And I have no hate in my heart. I just have nothing but understanding. But at the time of going through it, you know, that was, I didn't understand. I didn't know. And I didn't know how to survive without any, you know, friends. <laughs> it was really hard. You know, you, you've been on a hell of a journey in life to to go from someone, like we said, you were nonverbal, hiding from the world at times, to becoming this big pro wrestling superstar and, and having to juggle the the challenges of that living up to a persona and what have you. And now you're, you're a lot closer to who your complete self is. When you look yeah. back on everything, <laughs> yeah, which is awesome and kudos to that. I, I appreciate the fact that you're still here and you're still here to report back and, and, and recap these things because you're making sense of feelings and emotions that, I know other people are going through and, and, you know, you're, you're kind of naming things that can help people better understand themselves, which is powerful. Do you feel happy to still be here? I'm happy in this insane way because, you know, the kind of, it seems like the world is still mad, but at the same time, I think it's always been that way. It's just different forms of mad, but there's so much beauty and kindness in the world. As much as we see things where people are like, can be hateful online or, or in the world, or if you go to the grocery store or the gas station, like you get people with attitude, you could think that the world is crazy and it's negative, but then you have people who are so kind. It could be strangers. It could be somebody in your family. It could be your friend you see acts of kindness and you have to be able to open your eyes. Like instead of being in that negative mindset in, you know, the negative goggles where you tear everything apart and you see negativity, even in the sweetest of comments, if you could take the negative glasses off and put the positive ones on and you realize the kindness and goodness of people when they're actually doing it, it, it is so beautiful. It is so beautiful. How many people I've interacted with and encountered and who are just kind. It's not about what I get in the world. It's their act of kindness. I've seen it done to other people. Like even at a, like a wrestling show, somebody came up and they're like, well, you know, I don't have any money, but I just wanted to come here and I wanted to shake your hand. And I'm like, oh, yes. You know, I have to work for other people. So it's not my merchandise. If it was my merchandise, it'd be something else. But if I'm working with somebody else, it's their stuff. So I can't give away their stuff. But in those in that moment of time, the fan behind this person 
bought the autograph for them. And I just, you know, I'm excited crying. I'm like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> because it's these act of kindness to strangers. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And that's just one example. There's so many other ones where it's like, wow, people are incredible. And we have to remember that we, we go through these bad things to appreciate the most incredible and beautiful things in life. It, we got to stop and take a moment to sit out in a park and look at and just feel the breeze and look at the beauty of the world. It's these or appreciate the little things in life that that should make you smile. I think we we put ourselves in such a negative space that we blind ourselves to all the beauty and goodness that surrounds us, and we need to change that perspective. But I'm very thankful to still be here because. You know, of course, it took me a while to, you know, to be able to take those sad ga- goggles off or the glasses and whatnot. And I just, I think I put myself and I hid behind the pain so much or hid with the pain so much. But when I finally started, you know, overcoming it, I'm so thankful because, you know, it hurts so much. And I was like, what did I do wrestling for? What did I do when everybody hates me and I'm completely invisible? Like nobody knows the kind acts that I do that. And I never did it because like I wanted attention. I wasn't that person that's like, okay, film this, me being nice to a person. You know what I mean? It was just, it was just me doing things because that's what I did when I was younger. And that's what I was taught. And that's what I love about others who've done that to me. And yeah, I was just, it's just who I am. And it's, it's, it's something that I love doing, but at the same time, it felt like the nicer I was, the meaner everybody else was to me. And it just hurt so much that nobody saw who I was and my soul and my love for others and humanity that it just felt like, man, I'm, I'm here and it's all for nothing. Nobody cared about the wrestling. Everybody said I sucked. Everybody said I was awful. Nobody likes me. Like there was all these things come crashing down during that moment in time. And it was just so painful. And I think especially some of our, some of us personality types who they, they say it's sensitive. I Parts of me love the sensitivity because when I love, I love. When I feel love, I feel love. When I feel happy, I feel happy. I could never not imagine this happiness and this love that I feel. But it comes with extreme pain, I think. I, I think it's the extremes. And I don't think it's sensitivity. It's, I, I'm a strong person. If When I got injured, my brother even told me, he's like, I don't know how you dealt with that pain. And you were just like calm okay he's like I wouldn't have reacted that way I could handle pain it's not that I you have I'm thin skin it's just it's this very deep passion for for goodness and I I get upset and protective when people I love do not get treated well and it's these things where I feel so much because it means something to me so it's it could be a bad thing it could be a good thing And when it comes to, you know, the sadness, I was deep in the sadness, but I'm so glad I overcame it because I'm telling you that rumble was the most beautiful thing I've 
ever experienced, like there's so many moments of beauty, like say that the acts of kindness I see people do when I go to certain sites and like, and this is one of the examples of many that I've experienced, say going out to Ireland and seeing the Cliffs of Moher. Now, standing there, seeing this beautiful site that's, you know, heaven made. This is something that's like, it's going to, it was here long before I was born, long before anybody, you know, this probably, you know, so many, like for centuries, and it's going to be here long after. It's this beautiful thing where it just takes your breath away. And it's so beautiful that, wow. I can't believe I'm here experiencing this. There's moments like that. And then there's marathons. I cry when people, the first person, because that's, yeah, it's amazing what people train themselves to do and what they go through to have that moment in time. I like when it comes to certain, like when I witnessed like one of the first um, of my time, like there was always women's walks uh, in the past but then when there's like years later and nobody's seen anything from the women and then all of a sudden everybody's rallying together because they're fighting for a cause, it's a beautiful thing to see. And then when it came to my release, all the messages of love, so beautiful, so beautiful. And then the rumble that I, it's this feeling, it's a, it's an actual feeling. I, Sometimes I think people think I'm crazy because they're like, what are you talking about? But I felt the love. It's the audio. It's you, you hear it, you see it, and it just comes in like this wave of love. Like I genuinely, maybe it's just my mind processing it like that, but I genuinely feel it. Like it's, it's this beautiful feeling that like, I feel like my skin absorbs it. It's this beautiful love feeling and it came from all around me. Like I was prepared to be all neg, like not negative. I was prepared to be a heel. And I just couldn't get in character because it was so beautiful to see. And I keep thinking, wow, I can't believe that if I would have ended my life, I would not have met the people that I met and seen the acts of kindness that I've seen. I wouldn't have seen all the sights and travels all around the world that I didn't get to see when I was in the WWE. I wouldn't have had the opportunities and experienced that love at the Rumble if I wasn't here. So I'm glad to be here. You know, there's going to be different forms of crazy, different struggles, different bad things. And I really believe that I endured it when I was younger. I learned to get through it. I learned to be strong. I learned how to process and to think about, okay, this happened. What do I do next? And figure things out. It's the coping skills that I had to learn to do. And now that I'm better with it, I'm not perfect. You know, it's always going to be a pain. It's always going to be a struggle. I'm still going to hurt over things, but I know how to move on and I know how to create a better environment and opportunities for myself. And, you know, it's just part of life. It's part of life. And now I'm working with UWW with amazing people and doing the interviewing and doing all these things. Like, I love it. I am happy. And thank goodness I'm here to to still be a part of everything. And I, I'm, I'm telling you, the fans, too, when I go to signings, they get me through, like, what is it? There's this quote. I think it was from Just Married where they said, like, a photo album is, you know, all the happiness, but nobody records the times in between every happy picture. 
well, they're my happy picture. The, when I go and do signings and autographs and stuff like that, they are my happy picture. And if I could have more pictures from those moments, it's like that is my happiness right there because I I could imagine other people. I've been around negative people who say these things and I don't say anything. I'm just listening. But I could hear their voices picking things apart. Like, oh, well, you're just being happy and you're just smiling because you're you're getting paid for this. I think actually, no, these people, I their kindness, their love, they're actually like my family because they grew up with me in wrestling and they share the same love for wrestling as I do. And they share the same memories that I have and we share them together. It's so weird how sometimes like my family, because they don't all watch wrestling and they didn't follow like my career, you know, they just did their thing, what they had to do. And they don't have the same understanding of me in my time and the memories as the fans do. It's so weird to, to think. So yeah, they're like my family and their positivity and their love. And when I hear their stories and what they've been through, it's a beautiful thing. And they help me so much in wanting to be here, wanting to stay around. And it's not to say that I'm going to end up doing something awful at some point. No, no. But they make me happy that I'm still here. They really do. I love it. I love it. And again, folks, if you are a promoter, especially if you're a promoter with, with TV and what have you, whether it be pro wrestling, whether it be anything, Melina is somebody who would be fantastic as a coach, especially for your your younger performers, especially for performers uh, of all different genders, races, sizes, you name it. This is someone who has been there and done that and has weathered the storm. And for her to continue to be so positive, be able to reflect on all the good, the bad, the beauty, the ugly, everything in between. And this is her message coming out of it. I mean, it's just tremendous. And it's something that I think everyone, especially uh, performers, they need to hear. So I, I highly recommend you reach out to Melina and find a way to to have her be part of what you have going on because she's she's incredible and she's a success story. And she's proof that we can make it. So it's it's deep. It's deep. And I, I appreciate the message. Melina, what, what's the best way that folks can keep up with you, get in touch with you, the whole nine yards there? I think the easiest is going to realmelina.com. And usually, because that's where it has everything. Like I have every way to find me on, the, on one site. But um, usually it's at Real Melina and other places too. But there's, I think, like Snapchat, other things, like it's something different. So realmelina.com is the place to find me when it comes to everything. Awesome. Now, now I got to ask, because we did talk a little bit about it last time, but are you ever going to put your, your uh, dad's famous shrimp cocktail recipe up on the website there? Oh my goodness. I don't even know like the best way to do that. I, I see. I, this is another thing I need to ask people because I, I know I could talk to my brother about it because he's witnessed this firsthand. But say his way of measuring things, like he never used a, like any measuring tool. He just like used his hands and, you know, pinch of this and un puñito. And I was like, what? But dad, like your puñito, like it's a little, you know, a little bit in your palm. And I was like, that's a, your hand's different than mine. It's a different like measuring, like... <laughs> 
all these like funny ways of like it's so distinctive to you know I don't know my father that it's just like I don't even know how to describe how to do this because there's no real measuring thing but maybe at some point yeah (laughs) I'll make my own even if I make my own style I could see my dad's expression where it's not the same as my shrimp cocktail (laughs) Uh, it's true though there's his way of doing things there's just some it's a beauty of it the way he the style the way he did it and the flavoring that even though I'll try to do things the exact same way it'll never be like his and I'm so thankful I could still have a memory of how things taste and smelled because it's a memory that I will treasure forever that's unique to him let's talk hydration See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting, it's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12. Liquid IV also is non-GMO. So it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. You can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything. That you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. Tony Giovanni, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.